every single break, the defense making their closing arguments in the Rittenhouse trial make better and better points. So something else that got kind of left out, two things actually. The prosecution last week got caught doctoring a video of Kyle Rittenhouse, and they presented that in court. And a lot of people picked up on this online. I apologize. I forgot to mention it earlier today. And with noise and everything over the weekend, I didn't post a lot about it. Um, but they got caught basically fabricating video of Kyle Rittenhouse. Like I said, there's that, there's a reason that a lot of lawyers are out there saying that the prosecutor in this case should face some serious reprimand for prosecutorial misconduct. There's a lot of things wrong with what they've done, and they violated the rules a lot in court, but they've also introduced evidence that wasn't relevant, evidence that should never have been introduced and was ruled to be inadmissible, and now a doctored video. Now, by doctored video, here's what I mean. Kyle Rittenhouse is a right-handed shooter. They introduced video showing Rittenhouse being a left-handed shooter and saying that that was Rittenhouse holding a gun. Uh, it's, it's not. When you look at it the right way, it's Rittenhouse pointing. The gun is nowhere in, in the video, and he's certainly not using his left arm to aim the gun at anybody. But that is a... a a point of contention the prosecution made last week. It is false. And so the defense just picked that apart and pointed out that this was not a legitimate video at all. Um, may have been completely doctored. You know, the way that you have to, to increase the size of those things to add pixels, which uh, can make it, uh, you know, lower resolution, that sort of stuff. So there's some various tricks that were done to it. But again, just the prosecution entered fake evidence uh it's or at least deceptive at the very least deceptive evidence at the end of the trial and the defense basically started off he said i want to remind everybody he said look the prosecutor here is either wrong lying to you or wasn't prepared for this trial to start and it's been a combination of all of that to be honest with you um so this latest bit they just destroyed that argument and then they went into the cell phones now the cell phones are really important because the cell phones show you what was happening throughout the night. What was the text messages like? What were the phone calls like? Who did they talk to? Did they do live streaming video and everything else? Now, I want to remind everybody that that Grosskreutz deleted some live streams that he posted online because they were incriminating. Those were saved by other people and shared around. But why was he going through and deleting some of the videos that he was posting on his social media? From that night, because he was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing right before he pointed his gun at Kyle Rittenhouse's head with a bullet chambered and ready to fire before Kyle blew up his arm. The other thing that I would like to point out is um, we mentioned earlier in the case that the the prosecutors in Kenosha, Wisconsin, asked the lead detective to not execute a search warrant on Gage Grosskreutz's phone. That had never happened before. It, it never happened in the detective's career or anything else. So he, he said, well, you know, they were kind of worried about, I think, Marcy's Law or whatever, which would have already been considered by the judge at the time that the judge granted the search warrant. And the judge determined that there wouldn't have been a violation of that law. And basically what the law is, is if you're the victim of a crime um, you can't really go through the phones and things like that because you might further, um, you know, harm the victim, that sort of thing. But 
Uh, it, this was one of those situations where the judge would have considered it, considering that Kyle Rittenhouse may be a victim here. And they determined that it wouldn't violate that law. They issued the search warrant. The prosecutors then asked the detectives not to execute the search warrant on Grosskreutz's phone. And so they didn't. So they had no idea what was in that phone. And Grosskreutz, Kreutz, whatever his name is, never gave them permission to get into his phone. When they had Kyle Rittenhouse's phone, they couldn't break into the phone. And Rittenhouse and his team gave them access to the phone. They allowed them to look through the phone. And the defense was pointing out nothing illegal was found on that phone. No affiliations with any militias were found on that phone. No association with any white supremacy movement was found on that phone. No illegal activity, period. We gave them access to the phone when they wanted it. Why did they not go into Gage Grosskreutz's phone? Why did they not execute that search warrant? Why did Grosskreutz not grant them access to that phone? Remember, Grosskreutz pointed a loaded gun at Kyle Rittenhouse's head, and that's why Kyle Rittenhouse shot him. That is what he testified to in a court of law. That is what the video clearly shows. So once again, the defense doing a very, very good job in closing arguments. The prosecution's closing arguments earlier today, if you missed us talking about it at the beginning, not so good. All right, let's talk about some more media lies here. So CNN's probably going to end up getting sued over this whole thing. Who are the two most popular personalities on CNN? Anybody? Anybody know who the two most popular personalities are? That's right, Cuomo and Lamont. Who are the two members of the CNN lineup who have been accused of sexual harassment and assault? That's right, Cuomo and Lamont. Cuomo's admitted it. Cuomo's apologized for it. He pulled the whole, I'm Italian argument, but he apologized for it. Of course, his brother and everything's happening in New York. By the way, did you see that Andrew Cuomo uh, looks like he's going to try and run for attorney general of New York State? (laughs) You, You can't, you can't make this up. I mean, you can't. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is nobody watches CNN. Their ratings are terrible. But the two most popular people on their network who have terrible ratings have been accused of sexually assaulting or harassing people. One has admitted to doing it. Cuomo has. Lemon is still fighting that in a court of law. The reason I bring this up is the rumor now is that there's going to be a major shakeup at CNN. Now, that doesn't mean that those two are going to go away. um, But according to some insiders here, after this merger... Deadline is writing that Discovery Chief David Zaslov, who is widely expected to assume stewardship of CNN after its merger with Warner Brothers, is complete, has kept his public comments on the failing news network close to the vest. When asked by Deadline what he thinks will happen with uh, Jeff Zucker, who runs CNN now, all he said is, Jeff's a good friend and I like him a lot. He did not mention keeping Jeff Zucker on at all. Zucker never should have been given an extension on his contract. We've talked about this many, many times. Uh, what he has done to that network is is despicable. And I've even told you this in a, a tacit defense of Cuomo. I believe that Cuomo hates his job. Remember when he was out there finally after his COVID thing, he came out. The COVID thing was obviously a bunch of it was staged. I'm not saying that he didn't have COVID, but I am saying that he didn't have a bad case of COVID and he violated the COVID 
isolation rules. He went outside. He got in people's face. He did all sorts of things that violated the rules. He clearly didn't stay in his basement the entire time. We know that for a fact. Um, But, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe he was faking it. I don't think that he was faking it, but I do think that they embellished his experience with it quite a bit to push the narrative of COVID being awful and horrible and to get ratings and all of that stuff. So right after that, Chris Cuomo started talking about how much he didn't like his job and how sometimes he felt like he, because he has a podcast, about he felt he was asked to do things that, that weren't really the right thing to do. And so there's since then, there's been a part of me that's always just kind of wondered if Zucker was just telling him to do a bunch of crap that he never wanted to do. And part of the awfulness of Chris Cuomo and his presence at CNN could very well be that he just does what Jeff Zucker tells him to do, and he doesn't actually try to do his job. I'm not defending Cuomo overall as a human being because he's an awful human being. Um, But there could be an element of part of the reason that his product is so awful is because Jeff Zucker controls everything that his product does. And so maybe if Cuomo were left to his own devices, maybe, strong maybe, maybe he produces better content. But I don't know. I don't know. His show is hot trash regardless. doesn't really matter. And Jeff Zucker seems to control that. I don't think Don Lemon has an original thought in his head. I think he just regurgitates what Jeff Zucker tells him. And that's just kind of what I think. Um, Now, according to John Nicosia, former Mediate and IJR managing editor, uh, he was also a former breaking news editor at the DC Examiner, CNN is going to revert to a 100% news channel, and a good number of CNN's talent slash staff will be fired as a part of a major shakeup. So there's some insiders here. CNN is going to get away from opinion programming. They're going to go 100% news, which means you'd have to get rid of Cuomo or Lemon because you're not going to be able to get those guys to do news. Not going to happen. They're not news people. If they're serious about this, they have to go back to news, right? So it'll be interesting to see, but keep an eye on this because apparently once this Warner Brothers merger with It's Not News at CNN is done, there's going to be some well-known people who are let go by the network. We'll probably find jobs on MSNBC, uh, probably increase their ratings too. You never know, but we'll we'll see. So it looks like there's going to be a major, major shakeup at CNN, at least what the rumor mill is saying. Uh, I don't know what the news product will look like. I don't have any rumors on who's going to be fired. I don't have any rumors on, on, you know, what the replacements are going to look like or program or anything like that. I'm just letting you know what the rumor is. And that's according to Deadline, but they've got a lot of sources in there. Uh, and if you ask me, I've told you before, if I took over that network, Don Lemon and, and Chris Cuomo would be fired immediately. For one, just being awful at their job, Brian Stelter would be probably the first person that I would fire. Um, but at the same time, the two most popular personalities in CNN, one is admitted to sexual harassment. The other one is currently facing a court case where they are accused of sexual assault incredibly so so it wouldn't be a stretch for cnn to go you know what yeah your your ratings aren't good your opinion programming you're not news and we got to deal with sexual harassment cases with you guys so we're just gonna let you go that would not be a stretch at all so i wouldn't be surprised to see that and it would be a big deal if it happened in the news world you got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel
I think what we're getting here from the defense making their closing arguments here in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is that the defense is really focusing on Grosskreutz, who is the one who had his arm shot but has survived. And I think they believe, this is my interpretation now, I think they understand that it is an open and shut self-defense case with Rosenbaum and Huber. So they're focusing on the situation with Grosskreutz, and they are really hammering him as being a perpetrator here. Not letting law enforcement into his phone, the strange decision by the prosecution not to allow police detectives to execute the search warrant on his phone. If he's just a a witness, why does he have a lawyer? His lawyer's in court right now. Um, He lied to police on the night of the shooting. He lied about being armed. He was illegally carrying a firearm that always gets left out. Grosskreutz was illegally carrying that firearm. He's not allowed to have that firearm on him. Um, He had a bullet chambered when he pointed the gun at Kyle Rittenhouse's head. Kyle Rittenhouse fired first. And, you know, it's he's pointed out, he goes, look, when you lie to police in the middle of an investigation, that's obstruction. And you tend to get in trouble for that. And he goes, I know, I'm a defense attorney, and some of my clients have been there. (laughs) So he goes, it's kind of weird that he's not facing any charges right now, don't you think? So some interesting stuff happening in the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse closing arguments here. The defense has been very, very good. Uh, The prosecution was a mess earlier, again, contradicting himself from one second to the other. We pointed that out earlier, but uh, we'll keep giving you updates throughout the show. And then, of course, as the jury deliberation happens, and, of course, the verdict, we'll certainly let you know when the verdict happens at some point this week. We don't know how long jury deliberation is going to go. I'm not expecting it to go for very long, to be honest with you. All right, uh, what do we have here? Somebody was just pointing something. Oh, yeah, 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 Joe Biden. All right, so Joe Biden. Uh, just did his little signing of the $1.2 trillion spending bill, the infrastructure bill. That infrastructure bill, by the way, is actually costing $2.4 trillion. It doesn't cost $1.4 or $1.5. That is a, according to the, the CRFB report. Let's uh, pull this up. This is a This is a couple of days old. This is from last week. I just want you to know about it. Uh, the Build Back Better bill, Will cost two point four trillion, not one point four or one point five. Um, they're still saying one point two. It's not a one point two trillion dollar bill. So basically, what they're pitching it as is a one point two trillion dollar bill, uh, but the cost will actually be closer to one point five. But really, this report basically says it's two point four trillion at, at at the least. Okay, and that is according to uh, you know some of the uh, some of the uh, information out there. Still waiting for a CBO score on it, but. It's just it's just pertinent to point that out. It it costs a lot more than what they're telling you it is. So there's an article in the Federalist today from Randy DeSoto. Uh, Biden lied to America. Build back better spending plan will raise taxes on many middle class Americans. We've already been su- been through some of these before on the show. I just want to go over this latest article on this. Uh, he said variations of it dozens of times that it will not raise your taxes. Um, and they go back to the Obama era where they lied to you about the Affordable Care Act. If you like your health care plan, you can keep it. If you like your doctor, you can keep it. Those were all lies. They were knowing lies, too. Uh, we, we caught some of the Obama officials admitting on a podcast that they were lying about that because they knew from the very get-go that it wasn't true. Uh, so anyway, flash forward, Biden appears to have taken a page from his old boss's playbook as he attempts to sell the Build Back Better proposal, which would launch several new open-ended entitlement programs. His consistent talking point has been that those making under four hundred grand a year 
will not see their taxes go up. The White House is, has the pledge right on its website, along with a pronouncement that the wealthy will finally pay their, quote, fair share under the plan. Uh, and I've already pointed out that the fair share got raised to to be above above the salary grade of Joe Biden now. He used to support it being over $200,000. But in Scranton, Pennsylvania, last month, Biden said, I guarantee you that no one making under $400,000 a year will see one single penny in tax go up, not one. Now, that was a lie back then, and we debunked it back then. An analysis by left-leaning tax policy center found that roughly 20% to 30% of middle-income households would pay more taxes in 2022 under Build Back Better. Now, the Tax Policy Center is a left-wing tax think tank. It is not a right-wing tax think tank. It's a left-wing. And they're saying 20 to 30% of middle-income households will pay more in taxes next year under this plan. The group estimated that the tax increase for low- and middle-income Americans would not be substantial, 100 or less dollars per year, those making 200000 to 500000 would pay an additional $230 per year. That, of course, is an increase of more than a penny and certainly isn't a tax cut. But here's the kicker. After all, Biden pontificating about the rich paying their fair share, build back better again, according to the Liberal Tax Policy Center, actually lowers the tax burden on many of the wealthiest Americans. We have talked about this many times before. This is done through SALT deductions. The Trump tax plan, while lowering taxes for the vast majority of Americans, actually raised taxes on rich Americans in very, very blue states. What typically happens in places like California and New York, rich people don't care that the state taxes are so high because they never pay the state taxes. They deduct them from the federal taxes. And then they actually sometimes get money back. And they don't actually pay any taxes. Trump killed that. Trump forced people like Robert De Niro to actually pay state taxes. They limited the SALT deductions. The Build Back Better plan fixes this issue for rich Democrats in high-tax blue states. So now, because of the changes to the SALT deductions here, wealthy, rich liberals in New Jersey and in California and New York are actually going to get a tax cut under the Biden Build Back Better plan. So Biden has cut taxes for rich people in high-tax blue states. Trump raised taxes for rich people in high-tax blue states. And they're trying to lie to you and say that you're not actually going to get any taxes raised. You will. Your taxes are going up for up to 30% of the middle class and low, well, low income and middle class in America. That's direct taxes. You will also have these additional taxes that come later that we've talked about before. Um, some of them, again, dealing with with uh, things that are not directly associated with income. So just so you're aware, I mean, even the left-wing tax policy centers are saying your taxes are going up, just so you know. All right, folks, it is currently 4.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. All right, I, I know it's a little chilly outside. It's not what I would call, like, cold, but it's a little chilly outside. So I know that hell hasn't frozen over yet, but it's got to be close, right? And, and here's, here's why. So the FBI does a really stupid thing. They raid Project Veritas journalists' homes. They raid James O'Keefe's home over a diary, Ashley Biden's diary, right? So they've now confirmed the authenticity of the diary. There is no reason for the Department of Justice and the FBI to be involved in a missing diary case. 
Project Veritas has already attempted to return the diary to Ashley Biden. They then turned it over to law enforcement. They never published any stories about the diary because they couldn't verify the authenticity of the diary until now. And it didn't make any sense. Journalists who get information often will evaluate whether it's published worthy. Okay, This happens. You don't get raided by the Department of Justice when that happens. If there's a national security breach, most of the time journalists do not get raided by the FBI because they're the ones doing their job. So imagine my surprise when I woke up today and I found out that the ACLU is defending Project Veritas. What? I honestly, I am as baffled as many of you are right now. I know it's a Monday and you probably think that I'm lying to you because you've been kind of like going through the day with too much caffeine, just trying to make sure that you can get through the day. You know, not only is it the beginning of the week, but some of you are at noise and you party pretty hard when you're at noise. And don't think I didn't hear some of your comments. And then you got cold weather now. You got the time change. And you're sitting here listening to this show and you're going, wait a minute. Did I hear Casey Wright? Did the ACLU defend Project Veritas and James O'Keefe? Yes, they did. The ACLU has weighed in on the recent FBI raid of Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe, his home in connection with the diary of Ashley Biden, daughter of President Joe Biden, in which she accuses Joe Biden of a bunch of horrendously awful things particularly Hunter Biden, of some horrendously awful things. Unless the government had good reason to believe that Project Veritas employees were directly involved in the criminal theft of the diary, it should not have subjected them to an invasive search and seizure. Huh? That is the ACLU staff attorney, Brian Haas. Here's the thing. Even if Project Veritas was involved in stealing Ashley Biden's diary, which the people who found the diary allege that she left it in a hotel room. But even if Project Veritas were involved in the theft of Ashley Biden's diary, it still wouldn't warrant FBI involvement. I, this, the fact that the ACLU is sticking up for Project Veritas tells you how bad this really is. I mean, it is, um, it's nuts. Now, of course, the ACLU had to make sure that they told everyone, we still don't like Project Veritas. But Project Veritas hasn't committed any crimes here. Certainly not crimes that would involve the FBI and the Department of Justice. None of that makes any sense. So you have to start wondering now. There's a part of me, people are like, why would the FBI do this? The diary's been out there. It's published online. Why would the FBI all of a sudden raid Project Veritas? Is it just about intimidation? Maybe. I'm going to float some tinfoil to you, all right? Still seeking that Reynolds Wrap endorsement. I am not joking about that. Reynolds Wrap. Call my people. So I'm going to throw just a bit of tinfoil your way, all right? What if the FBI raid has nothing to do with just intimidating conservative news sources? What if, what if, the FBI raid was designed to tell everybody that Ashley Biden's diary is true, that it was authentic. What if the FBI raid was designed to plant the seed that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are the corrupt people that we all know them to be? 
what if it's, a, it's just one of the first steps in replacing Joe Biden with Kamala? What if? There's been a rumor mill for a long time that there might be a plan, and it's just rumor, but there might be a plan to replace Joe Biden you know, using the 25th or some other method. And what if the FBI doing a bizarre raid, which makes no sense whatsoever, politically or legally, except for two things. One, to serve as intimidation. But why now? Why so late? And, and why a, a media outfit that didn't publish a story on it? And then two, the other option is maybe it's designed to build a case against Joe Biden. Those are the only two logical reasons for this raid. The FBI doesn't get involved in stolen or lost diaries. Project Veritas never published a story about it. They never authenticated the diary. So why is the FBI kicking indoors on this? It could just be intimidation. Maybe. Still doesn't quite fill in all of the question marks. But the other one that seems to fit a little bit more is, what if this is just a staging point for the powers that be to set the stage for Biden's exit. Because actually Biden's diary makes some pretty awful accusations against the Biden family. What if? Reynolds rep, seriously, call my people. Got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. I'm just saying, folks, there's something happening in D.C., all right? I don't know exactly what it is. That's why I'm asking questions here. But there's something happening. Something's being spun up. I've been following politics long enough. You know I'm right about this more than not. I've been following politics long enough to know when some kind of a plot or scheme has been spun up. And there's something happening. CNN, in the midst of a merger is covering low poll numbers with Joe Biden. CNN is covering that Biden's people and Kamala's people don't like each other. News media is covering that Kamala's people don't like her. There's some weird stuff. Brian Kilmeade even brought this up at at noise on stage. He's like, he goes, something's happening. And then you've got this very, very strange thing going on where after all this time with, and and this is important, after all this time with zero new evidence, none, zero, zilch. Yes, the Durham probe is starting to turn out indictments and stuff, but there's no new evidence in those indictments. So why is it all of a sudden that corporate media is out there going, yeah, Adam Schiff, you lied to us. Why is The View calling Adam Schiff out for lying to people? Why is What's this other news outfit over the weekend that called him out too? Somebody else called him out. How many years have I been saying if I were a news agency who had Adam Schiff on and Adam Schiff looked, looked my audience square in, in the camera lens and said, I have undeniable proof that Trump is colluding with Russia which he never had because he lied. He never offered any of that. Once we had all of the investigation done with Mueller and everything else, and that was proven to be a lie, 
The only reason I would have invited Adam Schiff back was to ask him why he lied to me and my audience. Keep in mind, he was in, in the Intelligence Committee, and the information that he had is not publicly available, so people were taking him at his word. Well, he was lying to everybody. While he was lying to everybody, he was accusing Representative Devin Nunes, who previously headed the commission, of lying to everybody that Trump was innocent. And the news media ran with Adam Schiff is telling the truth and Devin Nunes is a liar. Now we know Devin Nunes was telling the truth and Adam Schiff was a liar. We've known that for years, years. No new evidence introduced with the Durham probe. No new evidence. The only change is he's finally indicting some people over it. So why is all of a sudden the news media running around and saying we got the dossier coverage wrong? Some of it is CYA. Some of it is. Because they can be sued for the stuff that they did. Let's be point blank about it. The fact that there's indictments coming out and Durham is is doing the probe. Um, and and we, we mentioned the probe and I didn't get a chance Brian was on fire. Brian Kilmey was on fire on the noise stage, so I actually backed off on a lot of stuff and just let him take it. But one thing I wish I would have actually addressed is when somebody yelled out, it took too long for the Durham probe to come out, but you have to understand something. The Democrats got control of the House of Representatives and they took over that Intelligence Committee. And because Devin Nunes wasn't in charge anymore, things got slowed down because of that. The midterms are about those committee assignments more than anything else. It's not just about being some kind of a buffer against Biden and whoever's handlers, whatever their agenda is. It is also about those committees and being able to conduct these investigations. There's something happening in D.C. Something's been spun up. I don't quite know what it is. More coming up.